The Lord bless you on the Article 7 Podcast. Greetings, I'm Andy Jago again, pastor of Bethany Lutheran Church and Preschool. And as I said in the last podcast, I'm horribly behind on putting up my sermon podcasts. So here it is, the beginning of the year 2020, and I'm just uh, doing a very short introduction to get as many of these uh, sermons released out into the wild as I possibly can. Uh, So these sermons are all part of the story. I should mention that. It's a spiritual growth series uh, where we're inviting members to read a chapter of that book, The Story, uh, which goes through the Bible uh, in chronological order, uh, doing a, 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 the main narrative in chronological order. Or you could read the selected chapters of the Bible that are put into that chapter of the story. Uh, and you can find out what those chapters are each week uh, by going to www.bethany-lcms.org and then backslash, and then all one word in lowercase, the story. So bethany-lcms.org backslash the story. Now, uh, this is chapter 9, and this was kind of a cool um, sermon to do and to think about. It was based on Ruth, and we did this sermon right around the time of Thanksgiving at Bethany, uh, right around the harvest time, and it was the barley harvest that is the background for Ruth. And uh, the way I I took a different approach than I I ever have to the book before, and I uh, latched on to the different times that there are people blessing each other throughout the book of Ruth. Happens quite a lot, actually. So here is chapter 9 of the story, The Lord Bless You. brothers in Christ, this chapter of the story. That's our sermon series that we're working through, and also you're encouraged to read at home and participate in our Bible classes. This chapter of the story begins with, and which is also the, the whole book of Ruth in this one chapter, but where do we begin? We begin with death, sadness, and poverty. But it amazed me, as I was reading through this small book of the Bible, how much blessing is contained in these pages. How often someone says words of blessing, just blessing after blessing. Well, aren't we approaching Thanksgiving Day? And perhaps among all of our preparations, for me it's making my famous stuffing, I don't know, I can't, I'd just like to, you can share with me what smells are going to be around in your house, and maybe I'll come over there for dinner too, but, um, you know, as we make all of these preparations, I think one of the, the key things, though, to remember is to count our blessings, right? So let's count our blessings here in this 
short book of the Bible, this book of Ruth, because I think as we look at these blessings, we'll find ways to take God's blessings with us to our homes, to our places of work, wherever we have to find ourselves, because the reign of Christ our King isn't just in our worship. It's over the whole world. So let's take a look at these blessings. First, chapter 2 of Ruth, or if you're looking in the story, page 123, we get introduced to a, a noble man named Boaz, a person who greets his harvest workers as if they were in church, saying, the Lord be with you. And we read that, I'm sure, we almost halfway expect them to say, uh, and also with you, right? It's the automatic response that is there in our hearts. But no, they say instead, the Lord bless you. And, all right, this is a very simple greeting, and I probably have read that a number of times before and passed over, thinking that wasn't all that significant. But there are two things, I think, to note here. First of all, the the, the account of Ruth is set in the time of Judges. And that's where we were last week. So we're reading through the, the main narrative of the Bible in chronological order. We were in the time of the Judges, and it's a time where people are forgetful. They're forgetting about God. They're forgetting about the covenant. They're forgetting about worship. And they're doing what they want to do. But in contrast to that, here are people during that time in this book of Ruth, and here are people just going about their ordinary, everyday work, the work of the harvest and reaping, and God is present there in that situation. Instead of people forgetting, we have people remembering. And worship, then, is a part of everyday life. There's such a rich promise that's there. That's the second thing to note is this blessing, the Lord be with you. You're talking about the, be, uh, the Lord's presence there with you. God's presence is felt in the fields as much as in the tabernacle where priests are raising their arms for intercession. The Lord be with you. Now, can we take God's presence with us to our every day? to the school, to the workplace. Now, I'm not saying that you should walk into a classroom or come up to each of your coworkers and say, the Lord be with you. You may get the automatic response if they attend church as you do, uh, and that's okay. But what I like it, it to think about is you know, how we bring worship and the things we do into worship into our routine every day. Martin Luther once suggested that when you, you take uh, the, your, your, your water and you're washing your face, that that's a great time to remember and thank God for your baptism. When you get into the car, I mean, we live in the Washington, D.C. area. I don't know about you. I say a prayer before I drive <laughs> and ask for the Lord's protection. But saying prayers like that and, and maybe before you start work, I mean, look at, listen to the the prayer that comes at the end of our time of prayer in this matin service, the morning prayer that is there. That's a, a good prayer to use before going about your, your tasks each day. And bringing God's Word, just simple words of blessing or bringing 
your, your reading maybe for the story and doing that during your, your lunchtime and before you go to bed. There's different times as you go about your work around the house where indeed there could be times of blessing and prayer. That's up to each family. I, I certainly could share some of the things that we do in our home. And it's a way that we take our worship with us wherever we are. The next blessing we hear is Boaz saying to Ruth, May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. What a beautiful blessing that is, invoking this very tender image. Uh, thinking, Thinking of the Psalms that say that we can hide under the shadow of God's wings. Thinking of when Jesus was, was, was saying, mourning over Jerusalem, saying, how I long to take you as a mother hen and takes her chicks under her wing. And here Boaz blesses youth for her chesed, her faithfulness to God's covenant, her faithfulness to the Lord, and then also to her mother-in-law, Naomi. Ruth didn't have to stay with Naomi and share her poverty, but she did. And both of their husbands, if you're familiar with the book of Ruth, both of their husbands died in the country of Moab, where Ruth is from. And when Naomi went back to Bethlehem, Ruth says these very tender words, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. Boaz hears about this, and he blesses Ruth for her chesed, her kindness to Naomi. Now, I think that's another way to be aware of God's blessings in our lives. When something good is done and praise goes up to the originator of every good, our gracious God. I really liked it last week when we had our preschool families here for the the kids to to sing and worship. And for those of them that are not a part of our Bethany family, they came into the Narthex, and what's the first thing they see? All this stuff in there where we're giving out to the community and how we're sharing our blessings with those around us. They see all the, the food drives, the clothing for the homeless, the college care packages, the gifts for the seminary students. And yes, 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 that is, that's a lot going on all at once, (laughs) especially for our church. But we reminded those folks that were coming in as we were reminding ourselves to be faithful to God's command to love our neighbor. And as other people from outside see that, they are reminded to that maybe perhaps to, to inspire, be inspired to bless God and and maybe to share the blessings they have as well. So Ruth goes back home with Naomi, and after meeting Boaz for the first time, Naomi hears about what happens, and what, are the, what is the first words out of her lips? The Lord bless him. And he has not stopped showing kindness to the living and to the dead. Again, by being faithful to God, this chesed, and obeying the law and letting Ruth glean from his fields. Boaz showed faithfulness, and again, that's a cause 
for a blessing to rise up from the people that he helped. And I hope there'll be a lot of that this week. The food that we're collecting for our, our Thanksgiving food drive, that's meant to be a blessing to those who do not have a whole lot. And already we've, we've collected and we've shared quite a bit, pounds and pounds of food. And I'm hoping for a strong finish to this particular drive on Thursday. When you come into our Thanksgiving worship, if you're going to be in town, then we're going to just bring our offerings, our food offerings, right up to the altar. And that's going to be blessed, at, just as our offering is blessed for the, the increase and growing of God's kingdom, that this food would be a blessing to those who receive it as well. A great Thanksgiving tradition is to count your blessings. And have you been counting so far? I think we got three thus far in the book of Ruth, and that's just in chapter 2 of that book. The next blessing comes when Naomi has a plan and tells Ruth to present herself in a certain way to Boaz so she can ask him to be the family's redeemer. And when Ruth does exactly as Naomi instructs her, Boaz reacts by saying, The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you, my daughter. And the occasion for this blessing, Boaz says, You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. Ruth is young and eligible. She could have chosen to marry someone else. But Boaz is related to Elimelech, Naomi's dead husband, now, Boaz is under no strong obligation to redeem or buy back Elimelech's property and marry Ruth. It's not exactly the letter of the law when you look it up in the books of Leviticus and Deuteronomy. But we know from Jesus' teaching, especially in the Sermon on the Mount, that sometimes it's the spirit of the law. You have heard it said, don't kill your neighbor, but I tell you, don't even have anger in your heart for that is breaking the commandment as well. This action of Boaz's going above and beyond what God had, had written in the law, this action will restore the land to the family. It will bring happiness to Boaz. and will bring this foreign woman into the family of Israel. I think we can find similar blessings when we act with that same faithfulness, sometimes going above and beyond what we're expected to do. You know, like when children do chores without being asked. Just throwing that out there. When birthdays are remembered, when you do some extra work, sacrifice some of your time and energy and, and so forth because you know that someone in your life, a coworker, a family member, they've been through a rough week and you give them a little extra care and kindness. Kindness, so much of love and so much of fulfilling the law of God is just that, showing kindness and sharing that, that blessing that we have first received from the Lord, which is His everlasting kindness and favor and consideration. Well, that brings us to the final blessing in Ruth. I mean, there's two of them. First, the men bless Boaz and, and as everything comes off according to plan, and Boaz is to marry Ruth, and there's the men, the elders, bless him in that arrangement. And then the women reappear, the women of Bethlehem. In the beginning of the book of Ruth, they ask, can this be Naomi? And Naomi says, don't call me that. That means pleasant. Call me Mara. 
which means bitter, after all the death and sadness that she experienced in her life. Now, if you go back a few weeks ago when we were talking about Moses and the wandering in the wilderness, there was the, the, the place where they came to called Mara, which was bitter. It was bitter water. But you remember the miracle. You remember what happened there. The bitter water was turned sweet. And that's precisely what happens here as well. At the end of this chapter of this story, the women of Bethlehem say, Praise to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout all Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you, and who is better to you than seven sons. I wonder if some of the men hearing that, that hey, <laughs> what a blessing. Is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. Given who birth? Ruth's child through Boaz is called Obed. And we are told that Obed is the father of Jesse, who is the father of David. Yes. So in this final blessing, we know that a king is coming to Bethlehem. Now at this time in her history, Israel does not have a king. But there will come a day when a king does come to unify the nation. A king after the Lord's own heart. A king named David, the son of Jesse. And that's how this blessing and the story of Ruth can connect us into the larger story of salvation because it's God's intention to come in and, and, and send his own son in the line of this king as David's son. And this king will be everything that we have heard in the book of Ruth. He'll be a redeemer. He'll be guardian and protector. And yes, bridegroom for his bride, the church. And when this king comes, the blind will see, the lame will walk, the poor will have good news preached to them. This is the king who will come to crush Satan under his heel and restore our relationship with God. This is the king who is our ultimate blessing that we can receive and how do we receive it? Because of this king's chesed, his faithfulness in covenant to God, because of his commitment to us, his steadfast love, his faithfulness, his kindness, fulfilling every part of the law, the letter and the spirit, where we often fail. And then his innocent, righteous life given to you and to I, that we may take a part, have a share in the promised land forevermore. This is the ultimate blessing of redemption, of deliverance, of salvation. And all we need to do is receive it by the Holy Spirit's power working within us and live the rest of our lives as then a blessing for all people. God promised Abraham that he would be blessed to be a blessing to all nations. And today God sends us into the world with the love of Jesus Christ, fully blessed to be a blessing to others. To go as the king commands us. The king who tells us to serve the least of these because we are also serving him. The king who will one day invite us to come and enter into his glory saying, well done, 
good and faithful servant. May God grant that we receive every blessing from His hand and then be given the strength to share those blessings with those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace that passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds forever on Christ Jesus.